0: This is Ask Lisa, a podcast to help people understand the psychology of parenting. Psychologist Dr. Lisa Demore, author of two New York Times best selling parenting books, takes your questions. And I'm co host Rena Ninen, a journalist and mom of two. Some of what we talk about comes from raising children ourselves. Most of the time, I'll be getting answers to your parenting questions. So send your questions to AskLisa at drlisademore.com. Episode 63, Raising an Athlete, Advice from an Olympic Mom. Well, I'm so excited for our guest today, Lisa, because I don't know about you, I was the high school nerd and I sat on left bench on every single sports (laughs) team in high school. Uh, I actually played sports in high school and it was a big part you of did? my
1: life I did I played in the fall and in the spring and then I grew up in Colorado so we skied all winter and you know I'm a decent athlete nothing special but for me it was a huge part of my high school career and then I've continued to you know enjoy working out ever since but I loved it in high school
0: mm. yeah I, I appreciate the value of sports after now being 42 and realizing how much it helps me mentally So I can't wait to have our next guest sort of talk to us about her take on it. So Lauren Regula is not only a mom of three, she's a three-time Olympian. She found her way back to the Olympics at the age of 38. But most recently, she won a bronze medal while at the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games at the age of 40. I just love that. She was 40 when she won a bronze medal. She's also an entrepreneur and a big advocate of kids playing multiple sports, but also kids having fun in sports. And she believes that sports is a great way to allow kids to grow into amazing human beings. Lauren,
1: welcome. We are so excited to have you with
2: us. Thank you. No, I'm I'm really excited to be here. Um, I love talking sports. I love talking kids. So I'm excited.
1: Fantastic. Okay. So out of the gate, here's our first question for you. What do you most want parents to know if they're thinking about trying to raise a high-performing
0: athlete?
2: Uh, I'm probably going to go against what a lot of people are going to think I'm going to say, enjoyment, enjoying what you're doing. So there's no guarantee where we're going to go in sports, but I can guarantee you for your child to reach their potential, they have to stay on the court. They have to stay on the field. They have to stay on the track. And it's so important for us as parents to understand that we're not going to have an eight-year-old Olympian, right? And what matters when you're eight, enjoying it, what matters is your kid coming up to you and saying, Hey mom, I can't wait to go to basketball practice. Um, I'm excited to go play, you know, soccer or whatever that sport may be or activity. So I think enjoyment, especially when they're young,
0: is huge. Mm. You know, Lauren, my parents are from India, and sports was not really valued in our home. It was all about academics and studying hard. And as I mentioned in the intro, you know, now at age 42, I'm obsessed with tennis and golf, and I realize how it helps me mentally. We got a a letter from a parent who says, how do you encourage kids to be more active? She says that her child is a healthy weight, but she wants her to have that excitement for sports. What do you do if your kid just doesn't have that? Well,
2: I'm a believer that there's something for everybody, and it's why I love multi-sports. It's why I love kids trying and exploring in every area of their life, and sports is no different. So one, I would say continue to search for things, and it may not be the conventional basketball, baseball. Maybe it's hiking. Maybe it's running. Maybe it's mountain biking. There are so many avenues that I think we can use as sport through for health as opposed to immediately getting into competitive sports. So that would be the first thing I would say is explore. And the second thing I would say is explore with them. I think kids understand what we do. And this is probably a better conversation for Lisa, but I always think of it for as an athlete and as a mom, if I'm willing to get out there, then our kids look at me and say, Hey, guess what? Mom's doing it. So encourage, I encourage parents to do it with their children. Go for hikes with them, go grab a basketball, go grab a soccer soccer ball. Regardless if you're good at it or not, that's the point, right? We have to show kids that no one picks up a basketball and becomes an NBA player after two dribbles. So explore and get out there with your kids would be my two suggestions.
1: I love that. And I love it's so, I always love when we have cross-pollination across different episodes of the podcast. And one of the things that came up again and again when we're talking about kids and weight management and health and eating is make activity fun. Don't make exercise a punishment. Don't make this something that they have to go do. Like do it as a family, find fun ways. So it's always fascinating to me when the same principles reappear across different things. Okay, Lauren, let's talk though that said about kids getting to the next level, which you have basically made a life of getting to the highest levels. um, Here's what we have from a parent. My kid is a 15 year old competitive swimmer who swims both high school and club teams. She is very, very good. Will probably be welcome on many D3 college teams, but there are girls on both her current teams who are better. Several will swim D1 in college and at least one will likely make the Olympic trials. My kid is very driven academically as well and tends toward perfectionism and anxiety. She complains about hard practices and early mornings, but rejects the idea of quitting. How do I get her to focus on her own success and strength in the pool
2: and not feel defeated when she's not the best in her pool? What a great question. So this is why I love sport is because it does teach you. It teaches you that fight. It teaches you the never give up attitude. And I think as parents, we want to jump in and figure out how to fix that. But her, you know, child essentially going through these trials and tribulations is building up uh, a resiliency. It's building up an opportunity for her child to know that. There's gonna be, there's always someone better than you. I went to the Olympics three times and there's always someone better than me. And there's always gonna be someone I'm better than, right? As a kid, it's hard to understand at the time when you see people and you're like, I wanna be there. But I think it's important for parents and kids to talk about goals. Why are we swimming? What can we get out of swimming? Is your goal, is it to be an Olympian? Or if you really love academics, man, we can use sports to help us get into really amazing colleges. And that is huge. And so I think we need to define success with what our kids think success is within our own families and not within what other people consider success. And it's not an easy conversation by any means, but the struggle through sport is what makes sport beautiful, in in my opinion. Oh, that like gave me goosebumps, actually. Yeah, it really yeah. it really is what makes yeah. sport beautiful. And it's such a parallel to life. And as much as we want to, to do everything we can to ease the pain from our kids, helping them understand that it's part of the process. And, and you've said this before, and I'm using this in my own life now with my own kids, Lisa, is, um, yeah, sometimes practices just stink. They yep. do. There's nothing you can say about it. Um, but when she says, I want to get up and I'm going to go back to practice, celebrate that, celebrate getting up, right? Fall eight times, get up nine. And so it's not an easy conversation, but I do think it's important for parents and children to understand why they're playing their sports. What are they trying to get out of it? And it's going to look different from athlete to
0: athlete. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back on the Ask Lisa podcast.
1: EarthBreeze sheets look just like a dryer sheet, but instead of being a dryer sheet, they're in fact an ultra-concentrated liquidless laundry detergent. It's really the best of all worlds. EarthBreeze is tough on stains and odors while being kind to the planet and to your skin. Personally, I get a huge kick out of using EarthBreeze. I love the fact that it takes up less space, is better for the environment, and yet it leaves my clothes smelling so good and it gets them so EarthBreeze.com slash ask Lisa. I'm all for healthy habits, but I don't trust quick fixes. This is why I love Daily Harvest. They take all of the work out of eating well, and all I have to do is enjoy. Daily Harvest makes it so easy for me to eat in the nutritious and delicious ways that I like. They take the planning, the prep, the cleanup out of cooking, and they deliver meals that are packed with vegetables and fruits straight to my door. The other thing I love about them is that it's not the same old boring meals. I love their dragon fruit and lime smoothie. I also love their butternut squash and rosemary soup. They also have this wonderful herb squash and asparagus risotto. Create healthy habits that last with daily harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com slash asklisa to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com slash asklisa for $30 off your first box and free shipping. dailyharvest.com slash asklisa.
0: This message is sponsored by Greenlight. and they're getting the concept of what it means to save. I love the lessons they're learning. I love the games they're playing. I love that they are being educated at a younger age, that you need to learn how to save. Sign up for the Greenlight app today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash asklisa. That's greenlight.com slash asklisa to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash asklisa. Welcome back to the Ask Lisa podcast. You know, what about Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours? You put in 10,000 hours, you can start to be good at anything. Are we setting our kids up for failure with sports by saying, just focus on it, just practice, and you'll get there. You'll be that top athlete. I do. I feel
2: like that um, there's a lot that goes into sport. You can't um, outpractice genetics. That's just something that's a fact. And I know a lot of parents want to believe that if you just put in the time, you're going to get there. And the, the 10,000 hours has since been uh, debunked, but it was something that was grabbed onto by parents and run with like crazy. And I think it's important for us to understand there's so many factors that go into high level sport, right? Genetics is definitely one, work ethic is one. Of course, your practice and your time in your discipline or in your sport, absolutely that matters. But it's not one, it's all of them. And you can have a kid that practices half the time, but genetically has a different talent or a different gift. And it may not seem fair, but that one child is going to probably win that spot. And so I think it's important again, and and my husband and I have had this conversation. What are the goals? What are your goals as parents for your kids in sports? And if we don't know what that is, if we're just in the rat race because other people are doing it, or if we just want to wear the, the good, you know, the best club and say, man, my kid plays for the best club. Why do we have our kids in sports? And this is where I think we have to actually ask ourselves these questions. Is it so my kid can, because I think my kid can have an opportunity at a scholarship. Is it because of the parents' expectation is it the children's expectation? Oftentimes those expectations don't line up. A parent signs up a child for a really high level club. It's 90 minutes away. There's resentment on the driving, the kid, you know, child doesn't wanna go. And at the end of the day, it was the parent who signed the child up. Mm-hmm. And so I think expectations and goals of why we're playing sport and having our kids and our parents understand that very few people make it to the top top level, right? So what what can we get out of sport? There are a million things our kids can can gain from sport if they don't make it to the NBA. I love that. Actually, I want to follow up on
1: that genetics question um, because one of the things that's very hard to perceive when you watch professional athletes on television, is how differently like they're constructed than everybody else. And I remember one time I was in the CBS green room with Derek Jeter, and you know he obviously is an extraordinary athlete, but it wasn't just that he was fit, you know, and it wasn't just that he was athletic. I mean, if you could have lined him up with like forty other guys, same size, same level of fitness, he is built differently than the humans I have normally been around. And in other times when I've been near professional athletes, when you're near them physically, something becomes obvious that TV hides. And I just, one of the things I always have like, if I could do like a fly on the wall thing, the Olympic village. Like I would love to check out the Olympic village. Like what? Like can you just like describe it? Like indulge me for a minute, but also on this genetics question because I think it's really something that's hard to pick up if you're only watching on television or you only see them at a great distance.
2: Absolutely. And that's it's funny you say that. My brother played 10 years for ma- in Major League baseball for a couple different teams, and we actually just took our kids down to the Pittsburgh Pirates, he played for them. And we were down on the field watching them take batting practice and from the stands, you do not understand how different these players look because they all look like they're about five, five, when you're really far away. Same thing on TV is you see all of the top sprinters and they all look similar or have some similar traits. So you don't really realize how different they look. And I can tell you walking around the village, I called my husband, I think every day. And I would go, I just forgot because I had been out of the game and out of the sport for so long. I took 12 years off. I forgot what an Olympic village looked like. My mouth was open. My mask was on so no one could see. But my mouth was open half the time just looking around at these specimens. I'm I'm like, okay, everyone's 6'5 to 6'7 and just jacked and just in amazing shape and then of course you have your different disciplines right you see a rowing team come in and they're 6'8 and then you have the coxswain who's coming in at 4'11 and everyone has their place but you can tell you can just look at someone and again I've been to multiple Olympic villages and I walked around with the sheer admiration of the not only the hard work that you can tell went into that you Mm -hmm. know their bodies but they just look different. They do. It's, it's fascinating, actually. I mean, it's been a fascinating thing. And
1: I, I think it's good for parents to know that because your kid can work really hard and be really athletic and try really hard. And then they come up against one of these, like, beautiful specimens
0: that just was dealt a different biological hand. And, and that's a reality. You know, that's a good transition to another question that we got, which is how can you tell where your child's natural talents lie? One parent writes in asking about elementary school sports, saying it's so competitive and so intense, it's schedule overloaded. And they're asking, how do we approach this with kids when already in elementary school, that intensity has already been kicked up?
2: Well, this is exactly why I'm excited to be on this podcast. Because I want to explain how important it is for kids to try as many sports as they can. When I go to do camps for softball, people will say, how did you know that softball was going to be your sport? And I said, I didn't. When I was 12 years old, if I was doing what I thought I wanted to do at 12 years old, I would be a hairdresser in Trail BC. (laughs) Because you just don't know. And kids develop at different ages. I have seen it with my own two eyes very often, not I won't say always or never, but very often the best eight-year-old isn't the best 18-year-old. Mm-hmm. Kids need to grow into their bodies and they need to grow into their mobility and they need to grow into their movements. And it's so important for us parents to allow our children the opportunity to explore. How do you know if you're going to be good at basketball if you don't play it? How do you know that maybe maybe you play baseball, and you realize you're the speedster on the team. So that allows you an opportunity to go try track. But this idea that we have to pigeonhole our kids at eight years old, nine years old into one sport, not only limits them from reaching their potential in in the sport that they may be best at, but it also pigeonholes them into a spot that they may not be happy with. They may not enjoy in a year or two from now. And so sports are getting very competitive very early and i know personally for our family we choose clubs and teams that are very mid-tier i stay away from anything that is you know the most dominant club and the clubs you have to commit to all year round and you can't play anything else we stay clear away from those can you Unpack
1: that a little more. I'm, I'm curious because I'm, I'm interested on the psychological side. I'm actually also interested on the physical side about the impact on kids' bodies.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So again, when we think of burnout with kids, we often think of physical burnout, and this is something that I'm, I'm huge into. Um, and I tell my kids all the time: if you decide you don't like soccer, that's fine. What's next? Right? Let's. Mm-hmm. We're just going to keep trying things. If you like it, great. We can run with it. If you don't, okay. What's next? So we think of burnout as. Injuries. And in our local school district, we actually just had six ACLs, six wow. on one soccer team, on a high school soccer team. And that's what I'm trying to avoid in my own family. So I want my kids to learn different movement patterns. I want them to go play all the different sports so they don't use their bodies in the same way over and over and over Uh a, parent came up to me, a daughter of a softball player, and and asked me and said, you know, my daughter also plays volleyball and they're concerned because they're afraid it's gonna be overuse. And I thought, oh no, volleyball's great. You wanna do something different than softball. You're actually gaining muscle and you're gaining strength in other areas. So of course the physical part is so important, but what I think is extremely underestimated is the excitement of sport. Mm -hmm. If you have a soccer ball at your feet from when you're five years old, 365 days a year, you're gonna look at that soccer ball like, oh, it's just a soccer ball. Mm. You're not gonna have that excitement. And there's mental burnout. There's emotional burnout when it comes to kids. Of course, when we get older into high school, it's a different conversation. But when our kids are younger, nothing can replace excitement on having the glove on your hand. Okay, now it's time to put my glove away. Okay, now it's time to bring out the volleyball. Time to put the volleyball away. Time to bring out the basketball. Whatever it may be for your kids, that excitement they're they're children right like to me that's what's (laughs) going to make them want to continue to play
1: right I mean sports are for fun right like that should be right for me always at the center of it that we play sports for
2: fun I'm 40 I just got done with an Olympics and our mental performance Mm -hmm. coach came up to me when I was going through some some difficult moments and he just looked at me and he goes you know what Lauren you don't work softball You play softball. Mm. Go have some fun. I love that. And I thought, if that's good enough for a 40 year old at the Olympics, I'm pretty sure that's (laughs) good enough for an eight year old kid, right?
0: I never thought about talking about failure with my kids. That was such a valuable piece of intel that she gave me.
1: I learned so much from what she had to say. And I just. I'm so grateful for her every-woman approach to sports. I mean, here you have this person who is a total superhero (laughs) in the sports world. I mean, he's achieved things that are just outrageously hard to do. And she could not have brought a more grounded view of what sports are about, what sports are for, and how they can benefit everyone regardless of where they're headed or where they end up.
0: Makes you really rethink why you put kids in sports to begin with, which is something that I had never really thought about much. Sure does. So Lisa, what do you have for us for parenting to go?
1: What I was thinking about as Lauren was laying her wisdom on us is that so much of what she was sharing about how sports help kids had to do with the parts that we tend to perceive as negative. The frustrations, the failures, the losing that she talked about. And I think that's often where growth happens. It happens in pain. And that's such a strange thing as a parent to get used to the idea that emotional discomfort is actually what fosters growth, and that we should not shield our children from experiences that might be emotionally uncomfortable. In fact, we might even try to find situations to put them in where they will have to come up against painful feelings in the name of growing.
0: Why is that so hard for us to do?
1: I think there's something instinctive. You just don't want to see your kid in pain. And there's so much good in that. And yet, if we could give our children a painless childhood, we would deliver to the world Humans who could not function in the day to day.
0: I never looked at it that way, but you're absolutely right. We would so shield and protect our kids, but it really is good to hear from you. It's not the right thing to do. Leaning into that is is probably really valuable.
1: Yeah, we got to help them
0: grow. I love that. Well, next week we're going to have an encore episode about confidence and self-esteem. How do I build my kids' confidence and self-esteem? I'll see you next week, Lisa. I'll see you next week. If you're looking for additional resources, check out Lisa's website at DrLisaDeMoore.com. We'll see you next week.